Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. here in Charlotte, North Carolina, BB&T Ballpark, here with Danny Mendick. Danny, how you doing? Went four for five last night, got your average up to 275. Do you feel like you're locked in at the plate right now? Yeah, uh, it felt good. I mean, first day back after the break. Uh, didn't really feel good before the game when I was hitting, but I uh, got back out there and was seeing the ball, and yeah, it felt really good. So I'm always curious to get your guys' takes on this. When you guys are on road trips, traveling from city to city, are you a type of guy like on long bus uh, rides. Are you the type of guy who's playing games on the bus with people screwing around? Or are you the guy who's laid back, li- listens to podcasts, listens to music, listens to Netflix? What type of guy are you? Uh, both, actually. So, if, All right. I mean, if, we got, if we're playing cards, I'll play some cards. If we're, you know, whatever the guys are doing, I'll be happy to jump in on it. Uh, if we're watching a movie, I'll kick back and watch a movie or, or listen to, you know, my, my phone and stuff. So, whatever the mood is, I'm in it. Awesome. What's your favorite movie? Oh, God, good question. I'd have to go with, like, way back, like, Sandlot or Remember the Wow. Twins. Okay. Those are both great sports great movies. movies. I was yeah. going to go with, like, Step Brothers. Oh, yeah. like it's going, Instant yeah, classic. Would, absolutely. Um, so another topic looks like it might pour here in a second. A lot of guys who I talk to like to be on a keen schedule. Like, they like to be organized. They like things to stay on target. Like, are you a type of guy who wants to get through a game or, like, do you mind a rain delay or a rain out every now and then? No, I mean, don't get me wrong. A rain out is always nice. Rain delay is right. stink. Uh, you hate, you know, you hate waiting around and then and then having to play later on. It's, you know, it's always tough on the body and stuff like that. But, no, it's not a problem. I mean, you just got to check in when the right time is. You, you know, like, it rains and it's in the fifth inning. You check out and then it right. starts coming back on. You check back in, so. Uh, and what do you do to prepare? Like, let's say you're in a rain delay for more than an hour, hour and a half, two hours. What do you do mentally and physically to prepare yourself to get back out on the field? Well, like I said, you check out for the time period where that you're inside. So, right. we, you know, sometimes you play cards or you get some food and stuff like that. But once they tell you that it's like, all right, we're playing at this time. Right. I mean, you lock, it's laser. You really lock your right. in, you know what I mean? So, uh... Talk to me a little bit about your journey getting to pro ball. So you grew up in Rochester, New York. Yep. Uh, went to Lowell for two years. You went to uh, Monroe Community College to start out. Talk to me about the ups and downs and windy roads that you took to get here. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was on the smaller version of, of people. I was I was underweight, undersized. Uh, no one ever really, I didn't look good getting off the bus first day. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't that guy that was just going to be. So it was harder, you know, and I just, I guess, I just put my head down and I grinded and I tried to uh, become a really become really good at my craft, right. um, you know. And I'm still trying to do that every single day. And you know, so in the process of going to college and all that stuff, I learned more about myself as a player. And um, you know, it really helped me. And Monroe was great, and, and UMass Lowell was unbelievable. And so those places, you know, they, they made me who I am. And 
2015 came along, the MLB draft, I just heard a funny story that you were actually golfing when you got the call. And I read an article on NBC Sports Chicago saying that the only team you were actually in contact with was the Chicago Cubs. Yes. And then you end up getting drafted by the White Sox. Tell me what it was like getting that call and the whole experience of that day, just waiting for that call to come. Yeah, well, the first day, so the Cubs told me on the first day that I was going to go, or the second day, I'm sorry, that I was going to go in the back half of the top ten. That's what they said. And then I didn't, and I was sitting around the computer waiting, waiting, you know what I mean? And uh, so I didn't, and I was like, I'm not going to wait around tomorrow. Right. I'm going to go do something. <laughs> so I went out and played golf with one of my buddies, and uh, I got a call on, like, the 15th hole, the second 18 that we played. And uh, the guy was like, yay, you know, my name's Joel. It was Joel uh, Graham Triano, and he was like, I, we just picked you in the 22nd round, Chicago White Sox. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, this is awesome. So I instantly hung up and called my family. And uh, it was a shock because, like I said, I only talked to the Cubs. I filled out papers and stuff like that for other teams, but I didn't really think anything of it. So it was pretty cool, though. It sounds frustrating to me. Yeah, <laughs> it was. But, you know, after what? a while, it was yeah. a blessing in, in disguise. It was a, this is an unbelievable opportunity. And, you know, how many people get to do this? 100%. I can't get to do it. That's why I'm in need. Yeah. Uh, so during your first season in the organization, you were up and down quite a lot for like about a three-week period going from Charlotte to Salem, Salem to Charlotte, Salem to Kannapolis, all over the place. Yeah. I'm a type of guy, if I'm sitting in traffic for more than 15 minutes, I just want yeah. to scream. Oh, yeah. What was it like uh, getting the experience at all those different levels in that short period of time, and how many miles did you actually get on your car? Oh, it was a lot. I went down, what's that road that goes from here to Winston? Uh, the highway. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not from Charlotte. I have no, I have no clue. But I went down that road multiple times. I mean, it was just felt like it was back and forth. But, you know, it was a, it was a cool experience. I got to come here and, and get a taste of this and what the guys were like because I was young, so I didn't know. You know, you play you play affiliated ball and you play in the lower levels, and it's a little different. But when you come up here, it's more, you know, it's like the big leagues. So um, it, was, it was cool. But, you know, that, that drive and stuff like that, it taught me a lot. It just made me, you know, realize I, I believed, I believed that they did it because they felt that I could play and I could, if I had to back yeah. up, I could have done that. That might not have been the reason. But, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what I told myself and just continue to go out there and control what I can control. Keeps your mind clear for sure. Yeah, exactly. So you started the year in Salem in 2017 and actually got a chance to play for Willie Harris, who was also a big utility guy. You just mentioned play all sorts of positions, second, first, short. Yeah. Um, how big of an impact did he make on you during that season? How much advice did you get, uh, given you such a key contributor in that uh, 05 World Series club? Yeah, so Willie, I mean, his the, his personality and the way he goes about his business is so, it's it's just like a, it's a, it's a grinder mentality. Like, he just he's just a focused about himself, and he's always, he doesn't care about anybody else and doesn't worry about that stuff. And that's kind of what he taught me is how to go out there and, like, not worry about what the guys are doing out there, but worry about myself and know that I'm better than everybody. And he just gave me that positive mentality and, and that drive and turned my career around because I was someone just, you know, just a player and I like to go out there and play. But once I got in there and started to really like grind down and, and you know, really try to kick ass, and that was the, you know, the turning point. And uh, that, you know, it, it, it helped me open up doors to my game that I wasn't, I wasn't doing yet. And you mentioned that, like, do you feel, obviously you feel frustrated when you hit, like, a plateau of a certain point where you feel like you can't improve. Right. When you go through moments like that, you mentioned that with Willie, is it refreshing? Is it just, like, a great feeling when you 
finally yeah. break through that plateau and break through that barrier and get better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, God works in mysterious ways, and he has all these, you know, different ways of testing people and stuff like that. And you just got to look at it like that. I guess I looked at it, and I was just like, you know, this is just a, a path that I have to go down, and then it opened a new path, and I took a different path. And it's just a cool learning experience, especially if you can just look at the positives from it. That's so hard in what we do. Oh, yeah. um, but that's kind of the only thing I try to do, and that's how it helped me out. And in, in 2018, you're actually named the MVP at the Birmingham Barons yes. in AA. We talk about the grind. You mentioned how hard it is, how hard it's been for you to get here. How refreshing and how rewarding has it been? How fun is it when you're playing it like that well? Oh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, you know, I, I know what I can do. Um, so being able to go out there and, and show everybody and, and winning the MVP was, you know, so humbling and awesome. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that was a fun year. I, uh, I like I said, I learned a lot about myself, and hopefully I can just keep increasing as a player from, those, from year, year to year. Now, being up and down a lot, you've got to experience basically the entire system at this point. Talk to me a little bit about your spring training experiences, getting to play uh, alongside big league players, and who has made the biggest impact on you like during the spring, during the Cactus League? You know what? Honestly, all the guys, they all helped me out. I mean, it was just like, you know, you go around and... Everyone was very personable, and they talked to you, and, you know, it's just, in watching how they went about their business, that was the biggest key for me, is, like, I just like watching how everybody would prepare for the game, because they're playing at the highest level, and I want to play at the highest level, so I need to be ready to, you know, to learn and all that stuff, and that's what the coolest part about it was, honestly, is seeing how they get ready for the game, and it wasn't even the way they talked, it was just what they did. Right. Actions speak louder than words, yeah, Danny. Exactly. Uh, who would you say is a guy, we mentioned the Cactus League and even Willie Harris, who would you say is a guy you looked up to growing up in the game of baseball, growing up in the game, and also a guy you look up in the major leagues right now? Well, my dad, I mean, my dad was my coach right, through my whole, pretty much my whole life, and uh, he, I look up to him because he, you know, he didn't really know much about baseball, but he invested his time and, and you know, and, and dedicated everything he had to help me become a better player. Um, I had a guy, Dave Parlett, who was my hitting guy back at home and is still my hitting guy. He's pretty much molded me into the hitter I am. Um, gave me a base when I was younger, and it's just been increasing it since. So he was a huge help. But, you know, as, as far as guys in the big leagues right now, um, you know, I just look at the guys that I'm kind of like, you know. Right. I look at, like, Whit Merrifield. Right. And, like, uh, like Brock Holt and even, like, Jose Altuve. He's a small guy, you know. Just look up those guys because they can do it. It's like, I can do it. I know I can do it. I may not be as talented as they are, but I'll work hard as they are. So, right. you know what I mean? And a guy like Frank and, and Grud's here, these guys, you know, huge helps in careers. So I'm lucky to have them. And do you prefer to be an under-the-radar guy as opposed to a highly touted prospect? <laughs> it's well, I've never, never been a highly right, touted right. So, yes, I would prefer to be an under-the-radar. I like it. Who is, so I ask this with everybody, just because new generation, new era, mainly all rap music today. I'm not a rap music guy. I'm like oh. a rock and roll country type of guy. I, I mean, I'm, in, I'm in on that. I'm in on that. Like, I like the old schools like Boston and yes. Fleetwood Mac and there all that you stuff. Go. So. That's refreshing to hear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. But I do. I will get my dose of rap and country and some Airbnb. Airbnb. Or I just, not Airbnb. I right. Airbnb. <laughs> Airbnb. Um, yeah, no, I, I like Simple it Simple mistake. Yeah. It's 2019. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm more of like an old school rap guy. I like Eminem. I'll listen to oh, Lil yeah. Wayne. Absolutely. I can't listen to like Migos. I don't like Quavo, Hunter. Not, like, no, I can't listen to them like religiously. That's for sure. It's got to be like right. a small dose. Like if I'm like trying to get hyped up or something. Okay. But other than that, I stick to the to the light, easy stuff. Okay. So. And uh, last question before I let you go. Another question I ask a lot of players. You guys are on the road all the time. Uh, what is the daily diet in the life of Danny Mendick? Because I'm a guy who can eat like four porterhouse steaks a day and still weigh about a buck seventy. I'm right there with you. I uh, yeah, I will eat as much as I possibly can. Right. And it's not healthy. Uh, <laughs> I will eat healthy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll right. put some healthy, you know, healthy in there. But there's definitely I'll snack on the most unhealthy things possible just because I feel like I need to like eat as many carbs as possible. Oh yes. Because you go out here and you burn. You know, 3,000 calories a day. So it's like, how am I going to eat enough calories to, you know, it's only. Right, it's, and you can't put anything yeah, on it. Exactly. You don't eat what you burn. Right, so if it's I'm going more. past the McDonald's, I'll go in there and snag a Big Mac. You know what I mean? But, Jeez. <laughs> you got you to gotta put them all on. I'm so bummed. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's definitely going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. on a rehab assignment in AAA Charlotte with the Knights. What is the number one goal for you in your rehab assignment as you look uh, forward to get back in Chicago this weekend? Uh, just more so feeling comfortable out there. Uh, you know, trying to get back in the swing of things and, uh, you know, get my timing down. I think, I think the biggest thing is just more so feeling comfortable with the ankle. And, uh, you know, man, just enjoying it and, uh, you know, trying to get back into the swing of things. Now, I saw you during BP a little bit today talking to some of the younger players on the club. What type of advice have you given some of the guys who are coming through the same ranks that you did? And have you spread your wisdom uh, since you've been here? Oh, good, man. I know these guys. Yeah. I've been in uh, spring training with them. So, uh, you know, man, we've got a good relationship. So uh, I think it's, it's good to come down and see them and, uh, you know, be with them for a minute. And, uh, you know, just, just going to enjoy this time here and, uh, you know, keep, keep rolling. Now, given your back for just a couple of nights, um, talk to me a little bit about what it's like seeing Luis Robert in the cage and on the field, given his high stature within the organization. Uh, off the charts. Uh, you've seen it. I don't think i got to speak too much about him. Uh, athlete. Uh, man, he, he can do it all. Uh, I, think he, I think he showed enough, so I don't really have to speak about him. So you're in the lineup tonight, DHing. What's the current plan going forward? Uh, I mean, I'm going to DH tonight, and uh, I think I'm going to play tomorrow on the field. And uh, uh, I think just get me at-bats at and uh, maybe play a couple full games here and uh, you know, see, see what happens and uh, kind of see how I feel after that. How eager are you uh, to get back to Chicago? And I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, you know, I've been sitting out for a minute, but uh, I think I'm ready. Now, how long do you think you'll be here? Just a couple of days or so? I don't know, man. I don't know the plan. We'll see. Throw it back to last April, your walk-off home run against the Royals, the bat flip, everybody knows the whole story. Yeah. Um, how much does your passion for the game play a factor? Uh, man, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, you know, the 
backflips and stuff, man. That's that's cool stuff. So why not do it? Uh, but yeah, man, I just enjoy enjoy the game a lot, and I just go out and play with you know a lot of energy, and uh, I think that's what make me you know be able to play to the level that I'm playing at. Six feet though? Mm, my brother's six two, my sister is five nine. So what happened with you? Mutation, man. <laughs> no one in my family or extended families that's all, so I don't know what happened. Oh my god. So what year were you drafted? 2014. 2014, everybody's got a draft story. What's Zach Thompson's draft story? Uh went to college in Texas Arlington. Um and then got drafted in the fifth round. Um, just an amazing experience. Hard work and dedication and just blessings from God. What were you doing at the time? Just like on the couch watching TV? Uh, no, we were watching the draft. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then we kind of had an idea. My agent had been talking to teams and then they, he was like, hey, you might be picked here. And I was like, all right. So we're watching the TV and you know, the, I think it's the 138th selection. Oh, yeah. And that was really cool. Yeah. So One of the greatest dad, days of your life? Yeah. Besides getting married. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Second best day of yeah, your life. Yeah. Happy wife equals happy life. Yep. I'd say second best day of your life. So what's the whole story about you becoming a relief pitcher? You started out in the organization and yeah. basically your whole pro career as a starter. Struggled early on in your uh, career with the White Sox organization. Tell me a little bit about how tough it was at first, aligning into being a guy in the bullpen and what, what it's like now. Um... It's a different routine. Yeah. You know, you go from a starter, you're throwing every five days, you kind of have your quirks and things that you like to do. Um, but shifting over to the bullpen, it was just odd trying to find a routine, trying to find that, like, you don't know what you throw, you're, you're constantly shifting. Right. Um, so the difficulty was just consistency. Um, and once the consistency and the comfortableness, like the ability or whatever the word is, right. <laughs> uh, finally came to it, it was, it started to get a lot easier for me. And is that when you kind of felt like things started to click for you? Like, I know Christianity plays a big factor yeah. in your life. When did you think that things started to click for you mentally? The end of 2017. Okay. So, like, that was the year that I shifted to the bullpen. Yeah. And it was the very end. It was, like, my last two outings. Uh, the manager at the time really started to trust me. That kind of put confidence in myself. Like, oh, I may be able to do this. And then went to spring, everything was... So everybody says you're a gentle giant off the field, and on the mound it's a completely different story. So how are you able to just shift emotions on and off the field? Um, you know, honestly, it's something my dad taught me as a kid. Um, he always said that when you're between those white lines in the field, you're his and you're the game's. Right. So when you're out there, you're an animal. You compete, you go for the kill, you don't care. 
when you're off the lines, when you're off the field, be the gentlest guy you ever want to be. <laughs> right. You're a super nice, humble human being. But when you're out there, it's a killer mentality. And you can just flip the switch whenever you want. Yeah. Like with me, like when I go to the gym, I want that killer like instinct mentality. It's just like sometimes it doesn't come out. Like as soon as you're on that mound, you're just in like term like Terminator mode. For the most part, yeah. Usually it's shifted for me from the lines to once I'm on the mound. Usually before I face a batter, I'll either give him a nod or I'll tip my cap. And some people think I'm like getting something from my hat. I'm just like tipping it like, yeah. hey, <laughs> like let's compete. Once I've done that, there's no friendliness. Just go to your alter ego. Yeah. Zach Thompson's alter ego. If you had an alter ego, what would your name be? On the spot. <laughs> I'm just gonna be comical. I'm gonna say Bruce. <laughs> you don't want to mess with Bruce on the mound, man. So Double A Birmingham. You actually played for Omar Vizquel. Yeah. You said he's one of your childhood heroes growing yeah. up. What was that experience, and what type of advice did he give you? Uh, I mean, I don't think he necessarily gave me. So I had him in high and double yeah. for a couple games this year. It wasn't really any advice. It was just how he played, how he coached, and how he wanted you to play the game. Yeah. It, was, it was fun. It wasn't like stressful and you know like oh you made an error and you know, this is what we're gonna beat you down and you made an error. It was he's out there fielding ground balls with yeah. us, you know, like he's joking around and messing around. And I think just the mentality of how you play and how you go about things. That's what we call him the most. And do you have any other uh, childhood heroes or any guys you look up to and admire in the big leagues right now? The big leagues right now? Uh, it could I've be always, anybody. I've always admired Justin Verlander. Okay. I like how he competes. And people say I look like him. I could see it. I, I don't know. I've had several umpires and coaches and people tell me. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think about it. Jim Tony was a big one. Oh, yeah. And had sure. here, like, first spring he came up and talked to me. I was like, oh, smoke. Like, I was imitating your swing as a kid, watching <laughs> you, and you're sitting here, like, smiling, having a conversation with you. Now, is it just casual conversation? What do you say to a guy like that, someone you've admired your entire life? You try to actually talk and not... Just be cool, Zach. Yeah. Just be cool. Yeah. That's the first thing I said. Like, when I saw him the first time, I was like, oh, gosh, this is Jim Tomey. Thinking, like, who is this? But just try to keep it cool and not sweat as much. Now, did you have a team growing up? Texas Rangers. Texas. So where'd you grow up? Fort Worth. Fort Worth, Texas. I have family in Dallas, so oh, right really? there, yeah. Uh, that and McKinney. Okay. So growing up, Rangers fan. I feel like a lot of people either A, are diehard fans growing up, players who are actually go through the ranks and make it to the pros, and a lot of people just say they don't have a team. It's just... Yes. But you had a team. I had a team. Is that like the Pudge Rodriguez days and the Michael Young? Yeah, Michael Young, Pudge Rodriguez, Hank Blaylock, Rusty Greer. Hank Blaylock. Yeah. Hank I, I totally forget that name. That was that was one of my guys, man. I loved watching him swing. And then him and Chipper Jones, but he wasn't the Rangers uh, guy, but I just loved their swings. Now, you're a big guy, 6'7", like you said. Do you eat on a regular basis, like once an hour, once Pretty every much. two hours? Yeah. What do you eat? Like, my hands like McDonald's if it was yeah. there? Like, what kind of spread do you guys have in the clubhouse? Uh, it just depends on the day. I mean, usually we have sandwiches pregame, and we'll have some type of meat, like brisket, steak, chicken, pork chops, something post-game. I'll get my share of stuff, and if everyone else has gotten their share of things, yeah. then I'll get another share and make sure I, I eat enough for my fill. 
No, were you always a big guy, or was it just like one year, like you grew like an entire foot? Yeah, pretty much. Just a giant growth spurt? I mean, I've, yeah, I've always been tall. Um, I think it was like between my eighth grade year and my freshman year of high school. Yeah, so junior high to high school. I grew like six inches over a summer. It wasn't even like a year or two years. It was like quite literally like three months. Um, but I was always in this boot thing until I got here. I think it was my second year of being in the organization. I put wow. on like 30 pounds. And that's when I started actually filling out instead of just being lanky. So you actually fit in with the rest of your family growing up until you kind of just take For the most part. Yeah, yeah. Just Typical Thompson and the Thompson clan, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're six, seven. Pretty much. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Now, is there like a diet plan that you go on? Uh, I did. To start when you're trying to bulk up and when you're trying to even out. Yeah, I did. Uh, when I initially put on my weight, I was like 180 pounds. Okay. Six, seven. So, I mean, like the wind blew and right, I, was, yeah. I was on the ground. Uh, <laughs> so, I was, I was drinking a gallon of milk a day, which is 2,400 calories. Yeah. Eating 5,000 calories. 7,400 calories a day, um, and then put on the weight from that, and then now it's during season, it's anything I get my hands on, and the off season, it, it all just depends on just what I'm trying to do. Gallon of milk, they have a name for that, right? It's a, the Go-Mad the diet? Go -Mad yeah. yeah. I, I did that for like a year, and nothing happened. Really? I, I probably went from like 165 to 170. Really? And then probably lost it the next day. You had to squat. That was the thing. Really? Like you had to do that and be like squatting three times a week. So that you're taking those calories and you're actually like putting it in the muscle. I might have to do that next time. I think I wasted my calorie <laughs> intake last time. There's no surplus after that. A lot that. of milk for no gain. <laughs> so last question before I let you go. I was doing a little research online. I hear you're very intrigued just by watching a ton of surgeries. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Why and like, what's your favorite type of surgery to watch? Like, I feel like most pitchers who get surgeries, even players who like tear their ACLs, like sign into a base, they don't want to watch that stuff. I don't like watching the actual injury happen. So someone no. breaking their leg or whatever, I don't like. Oh, it. that's neat. But after the fact, I don't mind. Uh, it started when I was in college. Uh, I went to school to be a doctor, so okay. pre-med stuff, undergrad, uh, and then I shadowed in the emergency rooms in the off season. I don't know. I'm just I'm fascinated with watching. I love trauma. I wanted to be a cardiothoracic surgeon yeah. for the longest time. So they just like conditioned you into watching that stuff. Yeah. So now I don't watch anything. I, I, I don't know. Anything I get my hands on, not hands on, I guess, but like anything I can watch surgery wise, I like watching it. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, what's different about you? Like, I like to watch surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So what's the plan right now? What do you do um, going into a game to prepare? Um, I honestly try to keep my mind off of it the most I can. I'm such a, it sounds weird, but I'm such an intellectual person. I like to yeah. think things out so strictly that it hurts me. So going into a game, I can't think. I usually sit on my phone. I listen to music. Uh, hope I ping pong. Yeah, or, yeah. Like watch a movie or something. I come out here. Um, I don't really do much until about the third or fourth inning, and then I start moving around. I'll stretch, uh, throw some balls into a wall, just right, get my yeah. loose, stretch my legs. Um, that's the immediate thing, but I don't think about anything before the game. 
Now, when you're on the bus, this is the real last question for you. So, like, I've been asking a few of you guys, when you guys are on bus rides and on long road trips, are you the type of guy that, like, sits back, watches Netflix, just chills out, or are you the type of guy that's screwing around with your friends? I'm a Netflix guy. Yeah, there you go. What are you watching right now? Chuck. What's Chuck? It's uh, an interesting show. It's like an NBC comedy thing about a nerd who gets some type of CIA like stuff into his head, and so he becomes a CIA agent. And he can like do all this stuff. It's kind of weird, but I watched like the first two seasons and then realized I like, committed to it. Kind of like Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, That's what kind of yeah. sounds like. It's just more. It's a comedy, so it's like nothing serious about it, but. I don't know. I, once I commit to something, I have to, like, go all the way through with it. Right. So I've watched two seasons. There's five, and so I have to, like, commit and just finish it out. <laughs> I am so bummed. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's probably going to break up with you. He's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used tick pick. Wait, what'd you say? Tick pick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, tick pick. I thought you said tick pick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.